welcome to the fourth episode of Humanity Hoops. Yes, we're already on episode number four. And no, you will not be listening to just me. We have a very special co-host this time. No, it's not Maya again. We're going to change it up. Today with us, we have Nathan Victoriano. Hello, what's up? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to talk about food waste. We're going to talk about... Uh, hunger insecurity here in Houston specifically and how we can fix it. Yeah, pleasure being on here, V-Rug. Earlier, about a few months ago, Nathan came up to me asking about uh, where I work, Little Caesars, and how much food we waste there. And it's a lot of food. You know, we throw away about 30, 50 pizzas a night sometimes. It's ridiculous. And we've been talking, we've been talking about starting a charity, uh, a lot of things uh, we're still on the drawing board but today we're going to sort things out we're going to talk about what we really want to do what you as common people as teenagers what as regular people can do just as one individual and how we can get this moving up to legislation to the congress and eventually the president because it is a very big problem as you can see in the cafeteria um, when there's food you don't like, you order it because, you know, you have to, then you just throw it away. And it's impacting the production process, costs, and it's something we really need to change. It's something I'm passionate for, it's something he's passionate about, and it's something we want to see change. So let's get straight to it. Nathan, I'll let you give just your general opinion of food waste first. What do you think is the most consequential act? Like, what do you think is the worst part of food waste? Yeah, the worst part of food waste would be just specifically here in America, like the oxymoron of a problem, how like it just doesn't make any sense. And what I mean by that is uh, we have such a high uh, food rate, uh, food waste rate here in the States. I forgot the exact percentage. I'll have to look up later but in the states uh like according to like uh, compared to all the countries in the world we're like top five in terms of food waste percentage um uh and it's it's ridiculous because here in houston and a lot of more uh, other places uh we also have one of the highest food insecurity waste uh rates or hunger rates uh among all the countries in the world and it literally just doesn't make any sense you're wasting so much food why don't you just give it to the hungry well that's the question that I asked myself. That's the question that you asked me about when you came up to me. Actually, we, you don't give yourself enough credit. We, uh, you actually really want to come up to me about the pies that you guys are throwing away. And it just by coincidence, I, I had already wrote a paper a couple of years ago uh, regarding this exact issue. And it, I, there's lots of obstacles when it comes to being able to solve food waste and po possibly getting that food to the less fortunate, to the hungry. There's lots of ob obstacles. I feel like we should establish those obstacles right now. So in order to solve this problem, um, we have to clear a lot of misnomers uh, because a lot of the fear that stops a majority of restaurants, uh, cafeterias, a lot of uh, buffets, um, is the fact that they are afraid of being sued as a result of the recipients being sick. Now. There's already a law in place that protects that, the Good Samaritan Act, that protects uh, a little rundown, a little TDR of the what it does. It protects um, any good acts 
uh, from any civil or uh, from any civil liabilities. So basically, if one were to get sick uh, from these uh, foods uh, that were donated to them graciously and in goodwill, quotes in goodwill, um, they they can't be sued for liability as it is just a good act. Uh, however, there's uh, this is not common knowledge. This isn't uh, out there. This isn't well known. So it we could educate our uh, restaurants out here but the thing is uh, number two the main obstacle it's not lucrative of course uh primarily like in what you were saying with little caesars they're throwing away all these pies and it could be easy to just donate to a food bank uh, uh to do that but the thing is is that uh for other restaurants like buffets and and uh, other restaurants they want an economic incentive they want to be able to make a profit off their food because if they they won't just simply give people their food and make a profit off of it or just donate it to charity they want some sort of tax incentive some sort of tax credits and then we'll build off of that later but just to sum up we were saying here uh we need to educate these restaurants on how to properly donate their food uh how they're protected and we also need to tell them how they won't be protected in some cases how the good samaritan act only goes as far to protect completely free donations and not uh donations maybe at a reduced cost that could possibly give us and those restaurants some sort of economic incentive to do this so yeah that's the tldr of it yeah i'm not gonna go on an anti-capitalist tirade that's not really the point of this episode but i will definitely do that later i think <laughs> i think i think the my main issue is that uh restaurants just don't want to put in the effort like mm-hmm. Oh, we have all these pizzas. It's uh, 9.30. I'm not going to go drive uh, five minutes down the block to go give 50 pizzas to the food bank. And, you know, in some cases you understand that, but there's got to be a level of organization. There's got to be structure. Mm -hmm. And um, if if you go up to these food banks and these charities and present them with, like, an opportunity to for them to take advantage of then and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean like take advantage of it then they will everyone will benefit and we just you know you can't have just a few teenagers starting that chain or maybe you can who knows Mm -hmm. so that's why we're trying to spread this message of all these possible opportunities and i know a lot of my listeners work at restaurants yes because it's it's the teenage dream but we need to you know talk to our managers talk to our people and uh just stop this food waste because hunger should not be a big of a problem as it is you know we should be earning money for other things besides our basic needs and that sounds like a stupid thing to say like a neoliberal thing to say but it's the truth if we have if we are the greatest country in the world, that's subjective. Um, then we should be able to provide basic needs for all our citizens, and we have enough to provide basic needs for all our citizens. But we have distributed them in one of the worst ways in the world. It's like the power structure is ridiculously uh, top-heavy, and then like the middle class, sure, sure. the middle class is just like there, barely struggling for everything, and then. The poor are just left ignored by both political parties, by everyone. And 
at some point, when are you going to realize that you have the resources and you're just not doing it for your own sake? Like, when do you, how much dignity are you willing to give up, I guess, is the question. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, the inherently, the Good Samaritan Act, as, as the name entails, it's, it requires Good Samaritans. Yes. It requires people to take initiative, to do something selfless that isn't motivated by economic incentives. Granted, once you start getting, um, if you want that organization, if you want that defined structure that we have here, uh, that we want for our charity, we're going to have to give some sort of, uh, some sort of economic incentive to these restaurants. Everyone wants their goodie bag, whether you like it or not, everyone wants it. So it's going to take me and you to start out, uh, this charity. It might, it might not give us any money in our pockets uh, to start out with, but this is where the listeners would come in, right? Vincent, you came up to me because you saw the problems. You saw the 30, 50 pies that were thrown away. That's why we want to call out to the listeners here. If you work at restaurants, if you work at buffets, if your parents own even a mom and pop shop, we'd love to talk, sit down and talk with you guys about uh, potential ways that you could donate to communities. Because Vincent went off on how we're going to get this legislation to congressmen, to the president, to uh, on the such national level. And I have like the same aspirations, like eventually, but we need to start here, like in our local community. We need to start with the people who are living under the bridges at 249, yeah. who like are stealing shopping carts from the Walmart or getting tents and just uh, living out there. It's about to be winter. It's going to be cold. It's going to be frigid. You know, last year was a crazy freeze and you don't even know how that affected them and it's just uh this 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 charity like we were saying before is charity it's gonna have to take good samaritans but we also have to recognize that they're gonna want their goodie bags if we're gonna want to spread this organization out uh onto that national level onto that uh, level to where we can start pulling the ears of congressmen pulling the ears of the legislation and start changing it and speaking of legislation, we could start going into that, to the logistics of the Good Samaritan Law. Um, so with the Good Samaritan Law, like I said prior, it only protects uh, people who do these acts for free, do these acts out of goodwill. Like, for example, if you can't, get be, you can't uh, be sued if you perform CPR on someone that obviously needs it. Same case here. You can't be sued if you were to give food uh, out of the kindness of your heart for completely free to these uh to these less fortunate to these uh, hung, uh hungry and uh, starving people uh however this uh, acts as a, a gigantic obstacle for a lot of these uh a lot of these organizations because they have this food but they want to make a profit off their product they want to be able to make that profit and not just restaurants we have uh farms uh, all these other organizations as well that produce food but the thing is, is that they don't, aren't confident is uh, because it's, if we were to start it, it's just two teenagers uh, who don't have that prerequisite and to give them the, the security, like the logistics of the law, the logistics of everything to protect them. So implementing a way to uh, have um, this charity uh, under a, a wing of a government um, uh, industry or a government uh facility like for example food stamps today uh snap is the one controlling that it's under the usda over snap provides maybe 7.3 million american homes with food stamps um and 
it, it falls under the same categories as what do, our donations would have. Uh, our donations would be out of goodwill to provide to these families, to provide to the less hungry, uh, less fortunate, uh, and these hungry people. So to implement this charity organization uh, under uh, the USDA, under SNAP, to be able to have these qualified uh, uh, lawyers, these qualified people to answer questions uh, from these, from the hungry, to answer lawsuits potentially from uh, the starving um, could be a good baseline to give more confidence to the restaurants that we outsource to, to uh, our friends and family who might potentially be in need or want to donate in general. So that could be one way that we can start uh, with uh, giving more confidence into these restaurants. I think another way we could boost this idea before we spread it is getting the school involved, getting our administrative team involved, because uh, those people deal with food every day, food waste, kids, like every core concept of this, um, of what we're dealing with is what they deal with. So they have expertise in the same fields that we're dealing with. So I think um, we could talk to our lunch ladies, we could talk to our uh, assistant principals, literally every single person uh, would be of use. And they ha they know people who know people. We could also, uh, like the restaurants are important, but the school cafeteria waste is also like a side mission, I guess would be the way to put yeah. it. Speaking cause... of school cafeteria waste, you'll see like people like stack their breads on top of each other, like towers just yes. for shits and giggles, right? Exactly. You re like it's it might be funny in the moment but the thing is like you don't realize like how many people could be using that food now of course we can't uh, really give half-eaten food to people we need to be able to have these leftovers at the end of the day so at least that we have some sort of uh precedent for like sanitation and everything because we don't want to make our people sick that's the whole reason that we're uh trying to get it to that for legislation trying to give confidence to the people consuming our food uh from these uh donators you know but to avoid those like uh, like i always like every time we talk about this it's like i see people like stack like five <laughs> six of these breads <laughs> and like uh, freaking shoot their like milks uh like full not even opened into the trash and it's just like damn like wow that's 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 not it <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god yeah i um i don't know like we would have to look more into the production process of food um where it could possibly be improved because the reason people more and more people are bringing their lunch because they just don't like the school food but mm -hmm. some people don't have that often so they just get the food eat like one chicken finger and then throw it away mm -hmm. or shit and giggle whatever <laughs> 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 and um i'm not i'm not sure what we could do because you can't like we as kids can't like go hey you better improve the quality of the food but I, I like what they're doing where they started with covid where they gave out um, oh yeah. yeah during over the summer they gave those bags of like a milk a lunch uh it was mainly the breakfast items yeah with like the cereal and everything that was a good start and as i was thinking about it that as well and also um we are for well i am for free lunch forever Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah like yeah that's a good uh baseline to start at that local level especially since you'll see a lot of people like the houston food bank they'll go to churches they'll go to schools to establish their food drives because people find comfort in these uh main uh big congregation areas it feels safe feels homely you go to a church you go to these schools because you know a lot of people congregate there 
and you know that you'll be able to get people to come, whether it's people who are trying to receive these goods or people that are trying to volunteer and donate. That's why uh, here on a local level, at a local level, we could implement um, volunteer clubs to participate in this. If we were to start that legacy program, uh, if we were to get this uh, charity started up, we could really, we have so much resources available at Creek. Uh, we have uh, like what interact and keys and pals and hosa they go to food drives like every single week yeah and to have one here at our school uh, just on that local level to uh, have volunteers and attract people uh, who need the help is is such a good way because people will find comfort and security in a in a, like a big like school district to receive this help from and let's start moving out to maybe like from just from our school to you're, you're a little Caesars. Let's start expanding on um, how people could actually come and help. So, like, for example, V-Rug, he came up to me and was like, oh, yeah, we throw away, like, 20, 30, 50 pies sometimes at a night. This is uh, pizzas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and he was just so uncomfortable with it. And, uh, Vincent, was, were these uh, pizzas frozen or were they already cooked? Uh, explain that. So, um, the process is we, you know, press out dough. Then we... Um, we give them to the make line and they uh, put all the toppings on. Then we uh, shove them on the rack. So most of the thrown away pizzas are from the rack. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like our hot and ready pizzas don't get sold. So if you're not on the staff or if you're on the staff and you don't take the pizzas home, then that those hot and ready pizzas get thrown away, which is just and, and oh, yeah, the crazy bread. Like all, all the sides bro, they get thrown away. Bro, that shit smacks. You serious? I know they exactly. Get thrown away? Exactly. So that's why I take as much as I can. I take the wings, all that. Damn I don't. Right. E- I don't even eat wings, and I take the wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm talking to a stick right now, guys. Exactly. He doesn't eat it, dog. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I do what I can in that part, but like, I can't take home ten pizzas, yeah. and so and yeah, other people do the same, but at some point. It just doesn't feel right throwing away mm. an, a pre-made. Like, I, I, I'll throw, sometimes I'll throw away the wings or the pizza that I made. <laughs> like, it just, it's so dumb. But So, what percentage of those pizzas would you say are frozen? Or just not like, you could you can't just take that those pizza out and uh, give it to people. And how, what percentage of the pizzas would you say you could take it out and give it to people? Or the food? Well, it only takes like 10, 15 minutes to make the pizza. So, Mm -hmm. um, like, I'd say like 70% are frozen. Mm -hmm. But, like, say um, we close at 1030. So, like, say at 930, we decide, oh, um, let's throw in all the pizzas and um, whatever doesn't get made. Well, Well, sometimes, like, on a Sunday night or a Friday night, 9.30 is going to be busy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I get we probably couldn't do that seven days a week, but like on a Wednesday night, um, like at 9.30, you're like, okay, here's all the pizzas that are probably going to get thrown out. Let's go ahead and cook them. And at 9.45 or 10, we'll have someone drive by, pick them up, and drive them out to Houston Food Bank, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that sounds right. I don't know about the logistics of that, but... It's an idea. See, like regarding the logistics and everything, you we would want to start out with giving to the food bank in the first place because it gives, like, for example, Little Caesars. Let's say we're working Little Caesars, right? And we get an agreement with them 
to uh, donate their pies, the main thing they could find solace in is not the fact that their food is uh, getting donated, but the fact that they won't be responsible. If it's if the food, if the pizzas given by Little Caesars happens to make someone sick, it would be on behalf of the Houston Food Bank, because the Houston Food Bank would then take the, those products and then it would they would um, take responsibility as as such. Because uh, that's how the that's how the logistics under donated goods goes. Whoever uh, distributed it would be responsible, right? So that that could that's where uh, some of our listeners could find uh, comfort. For example, if you work at a restaurant and you have the same problems that me and Vincent are talking about, and you realize that you're throwing away so much food, uh, you could find solace in the fact that you won't be held liable. You won't be held liable as long as the Houston Food Bank uh, checks under the fact that oh yeah, this is good. This is uh, we could donate this the next day. Um, we can we can have that disc- uh, you can have that done. You just have to either. Uh, talk to us or you can email the food bank yourself and uh, you can ask regarding that but if if you're interested you could come to me and vincent and we would we would definitely get that worked out we need to get as much help as possible regarding this because we really do want to help out our communities and everything good samaritans and all that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, that that um we will we'll we'll we're still learning um so We'll, we'll probably talk more about this on I'll, t- I'll talk more about this with another guest as time passes on so we will i will get back to you my people mm-hmm. but for now um i will talk about something that i am a self-proclaimed expert on mm-hmm. the national basketball association oh speaking the- of pizzas <laughs> you got that shakaroni going oh, on. <laughs> oh, shack shack I don't. I don't get it. Shaq's on everything. Like he, no, like literally, you could go anywhere and you'll see like a life-size seven-foot-two uh, cardboard uh, diorama of Shaquille O'Neal. Like I, the other day, I went to go buy a chair, and apparently he's a, the sponsor of these like comfort uh, study chairs. Yeah. Uh, there at the Home Depot or at the or like whatever, and it's 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 so funny. He's everywhere. Mm. Icy hot. These chairs. Shakaroni. <laughs> Does he not have enough money already? Like I don't. Yeah, like he. I'm pretty sure he has stocks in Google. Oh Zoom. no, he's an investor. Yeah, he's an investor. Investor. Sorry, God. I see like media of him all the time. He's like, if you split this in half, fifty fifty. But the <laughs> the real people, they split that other half. Bam! Again, seventy five percent goes to your investments. This twenty five percent, you ball out. You get everything you want. <laughs> Good for him, man. Good for him. Actually. But yeah, the NBA started this past week a few days ago. Yes, um, sir. Certain teams have been playing very well. Not our Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we didn't expect them to play well, but they lost by thirty to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, they're eating too much chacaronis, though. Yeah, <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> got the speed. And they're not wasting food, certainly. Um, <laughs> uh, our best player was fucking Alperen Sengun. Uh, Christian Wood did not play. Christian Wood played okay. Jalen Green was bad kevin porter jr was so fucking ass he had nine turnovers um so he might not be our point guard of the future but this is a rebuild season so mm. we will um give him time and uh Goon needs more playing time he only got like 18 minutes and he's a rookie so we need to stop giving playing time to eric gordon or like <laughs> <laughs> we can give playing time to him it's just like you know we don't need him we're not a senior retirement home exactly we're not the los angeles we don't need to give you time (laughs) exactly so um speaking of the lakers fucking russell westbrook and his 
I think it was like four for twenty or something. All I know is they gave me negative fifteen <laughs> fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> like West Brick. West Brick. But here's the thing. Like I, I remember it was media day for the for the upcoming season, and I just see these pictures circulating around of LeBron slimming down for mm-hmm. the new season. I thought I was looking at a bobblehead. Like it went from a linebacker to a bobblehead. I was like. Christ Almighty, what happened? Yeah. But here's the thing, like the precedent with each of his big championship runs, like with the Heat, with the Cavs, even with the Lakers before, he always slimmed down beforehand. He always like cut down and people were like, I was anticipating like a big, big like change in like the Laker culture and uh, everything and winning or regarding that with uh, with this new uh, slim LeBron, this slim Reaper, who, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, I, don't, I don't really think the 420 is a testament to that yeah, though. <laughs> I guess not um, speaking of slimming down Zion Williamson is now over 300 pounds so. mm, too many chacaronis yeah, too many sha- that was, that's literally <laughs> too many chacaronis I'm trying to think of some positive notes uh, Jalen oh. Brown is falling out Jalen Brown's falling out Are you can talk about that uh, the Clippers versus the Golden State yesterday. Oh, Steph Curry. Steph doing Steph things, bro. They won by what? One? Like two. Yeah. By two. Yeah. Christ Almighty! In the in in the in the in the later half of the fourth, he was just sinking threes off the catch in front of like three people at a time, mm-hmm. and like this like triple team like defense isn't gonna stop it. No, he went like nine for nine, then zero for six, then like six for eight. It's how do you stop him? Like. Oh, here's a good question. Who do you think is the best player in the league right now? God. <laughs> right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to eliminate uh, the the inherent bias since he's out with a knee injury right now. Kawhi Leonard, may you, oh, okay. may you get better. I forgot. Kawhi Leonard will always be a person in my heart. But right now, um, I feel like... Kobe's prophecy is coming true, bro. Freaking Giannis is like oh, yeah. popping off. I thought, I thought you were going to say Devin Booker. <laughs> Devin Booker. <laughs> like, damn, already? No, you know, no, you're, no, no, you're absolutely right. It was between Giannis and KD, and I feel like KD just can't. KD needs Kyrie so bad. That's that's mm. what I was going to say. KD needs Kyrie so bad. That Nets team, they need Kyrie. And it's just, right now, all they are is a bunch of jump shooters and Kyrie brings that driving to the basket that yeah, they need. Exactly. It's it's a lot of it's 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 interesting the transition of the meta of the offense is going into this season. As you'll we had like what during like uh Kobe's time we had that big isolation offense and then it went to more of a focus on the three ball. Now it's slowly shifting back to like a a, com- a combination of the two. And it's really interesting to see that. Like, you have one side of the spectrum with, like, uh, with the Golden State Warriors, how they're constantly passing. Granted, it's because 90% of their team can't score. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll, you'll, and then you'll have, like, what? Like, the Brooklyn Nets and their isolation offenses with KD and Kyrie, how they're working off each other. It's interesting to see that development, too. I don't think there's, like, one um, perfect meta i guess like the center position position for example like you can either shoot um you can be a rim runner you can be a rebounder you just gotta be good at something i guess is the like word. you can't be strictly a big man like you need to have everything in your bag in order to succeed exactly um 
you got to be flexible. Like you, you have to guard one through five in order exactly. to be good in this league. Because um, DeAndre Jordan is like the typical example, and Andre Drummond, of a big man. And look, look where they are now. <laughs> <laughs> look where they are now. Um, See, they they thought they could bring like uh, Blake Griffin onto that team to try to amend that problem. No, no. Blake Griffin's actually doing. He didn't dunk once in Detroit. Now he's like. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. It's he scammed the league. He did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, who do you think is gonna win the championship? The championship this year? Yeah. Well, we'll need to see how it um, uh, plays out. Were there any uh, big big trades that I'm not really aware of? I know Russ went to the Lakers. Uh, I don't know. Uh, past, uh, I mean, it's not coming to my mind. Like the current super teams right now. Um, Nets, Lakers. It's not, I don't know. It's not really super teams, bro. Not really Warriors, super teams. not really Warriors. No. Yeah, they're like, they're like no power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. That. All right then, baby. Once Kawhi comes back, no Clippers <laughs> all the way, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'll have my biases. I'll have my biases. Well, of course, it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be Milwaukee. Milwaukee is obviously gonna be a favorite going in. And can we talk about Milwaukee for a second? Yeah. Like, it's, like, I know they just traded Eric Bledsoe. They, now he's, what, with the... Clippers. Which is with the Clippers. And then we have, uh, we have Giannis. We have uh, the, <laughs> remember, uh, Thon Maker in the, in the Bleacher Report cartoon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the well, way he was depicted. <laughs> that was a minute ago. He's not even <laughs> on there anymore. Oh my god, he was, well, he was like depicted as like, like this this like monster freak with like gigantic like like so funny. You gotta watch the Game of Zones. The Game of Zones. Oh yeah. God, are they doing any more of those? Uh, I think mid season they'll start it up again. Yeah, yeah, but if if Game of Zones right if it were to start right now, Giannis would definitely be taking what LeBron's crown right now and slowly trying to fight for it. Yeah, <laughs> as it should. Yeah, right, right. I know, right, like, uh, before the Bleacher Report, there's one really good one with LeBron. He was proclaiming to the city of Cleveland how he'll get, like, a second chip after that first one, and that's when KD, they made that big trade for KD and everything. Mm-hmm. I could imagine I could imagine that, but with uh, him trying to do it again with the Lakers, but then they'll just, there's some big trade that'll oh. go on to, like, uh, the Milwaukee. Or <laughs> just like Giannis apparently grows another five inches in the offseason, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, he gets a three ball. That's a he's he gets a shooting, three ball. Yeah, he's been shooting three. Well then it's over. Yeah. It's no, over it's, then. Did you see the this is probably a little irrelevant, but did you see the NBA top seventy five list? That's been a trending topic. The no no no. Uh keep me in on that. So, um historically I'm like in rankings, where do you see guys like uh Dame Lillard, Howard, Jokic, like, where do you see modern guys compared to, like... Like, the upcoming young generation? Yeah, like, how much does legacy matter to you? How much does legacy matter to me? Well, the thing is, it's, like, I'm a very, like, face value, eye test kind of kind of guy. Like, for, like th- I feel like this is, like, a big turning point for the league this year, as I feel like the gap of these... I feel like the gap for uh, these modern guys like Dame, like uh, Jokic, uh, like LeBron, 
like Harden, like KD, Kyrie, all these people that we come to grow up with when they were starting up, the gap of of their skill and then the gap of these younger players like John Morant, Luka Doncic, uh, Devin Booker, uh, you know, to an extent maybe uh, Trey Young, um, you start to see that gap slowly close in on each other. And I feel like more and more that top 75 you're coming up with, I feel like they'll still prioritize these modern guys because, of course, they are still better than these upcoming younger players. But, man, whenever I see Jaw play, it's the hypest thing. Granted, he can't finish 50% of yeah. his dunks. <laughs> but it's it's not just um, at face value the eye test because you know they're good players. But it's just these younger players are so exciting to watch. It's, it's spectacular what they can do, especially maybe their third, fourth seasons in the league. I think the thing that uh, pissed everyone off was that they put guys like Dolph Shays over, you know, guys we know, Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. uh, Jokic, whatever, Kyrie. I feel like Kyrie is definitely a top 75 player of all time. Um, well, vaccinated Kyrie, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. Round earther Kyrie, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. fallen off of yes. the earth. I don't, I don't, I don't really <laughs> got it, bro. Hey. They need that man, but he's a he's a bit. He could he could use he could use some time in the podcast, listen to the podcast. Bro, that would be, I need Kyrie. That would be he's too busy doing Joe Rogan. So, um, all right, uh, well, let's go ahead and leave it on that note. It's been a cool thirty-five minutes. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, let us know what you want to listen to next. Let us know what topics you want us to talk about. Uh, Stay safe, take care of yourself and each other. Peace.